ladies and gentlemen, it is Family Feud with your host, Steve Warby. Doing how y'all doing? Let's get this game show started. All right, here we go. First question. We asked 100 people, name something that you wouldn't eat even if it was the last thing on earth. My wife's cooking, Steve. Oh, Lord. Jim. Jim, let me ask you a question. Are you married? Yes, sir. Well, you gonna be packing your bags. Your stuff gonna be on the street. Alright, let's see. Wife's cooking. Nope, sorry. Yeah, you better pack your bags. You gonna be you gonna be having to pack up it when you go home. Alright, next question. We asked a hundred people. Name something that you would normally get rid of during spring cleaning. My wife, Steve. Oh, Lord, Jim, I done told your goofy behind about all this. You gonna be divorced. You need some marriage counseling. Well, that's Family Feud. I'm your host, Steve Warby. Now we're gonna throw it to the Donut Box Podcast. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Alright, well, welcome to our show. If you heard that little intro, this does not reflect our personal views or how we feel about the special people in our lives. That was just a little joke sketch. Have you ever noticed on Family Feud, they always say, like, the the dumbest answers. I think they just do it just to mess with Steve Harvey, and they're always like, it's up there, Steve. It's up there. I love Family Feud. It's such a great show. Steve Harvey makes that show, though. Yes, he does. Well, welcome to the Donut Box Podcast. Hey, guess what, Micah? We are up to... 25 states, 11 countries, and four continents. So guess what? We have a listener in half of the states across the U.S. That's pretty exciting. Man, hashtag trash can nation. That's all I'm saying right now. Yeah, it's awesome. We want to welcome our listeners in Wisconsin, in Maryland, and New Hampshire. Thank you guys so much for listening to us. And hey, welcome back to our returning listeners, Virginia, uh, Los Angeles, Kansas, Nebraska, Ohio, all the states, Georgia. Iowa. Yeah, Iowa, that's a good one. Georgia, Florida, Texas, we thank all of you guys for listening. So, we are going to jump right into our first segment, which is the Old Fashioned Donut, which is a story from our past. Now, these past few episodes, we've been doing people from our past. And if you've been listening for the past at least 10 episodes or so, we've been doing different people from when Micah and I used to work at this Western Wear store called the Boot Corral. We both worked at this Western Wear store. Uh, I would say we had mixed feelings. We enjoyed parts of it, but then we enjoyed not so great parts of it. So today, Micah, we've been talking about a couple of people that have kind of grinded your gears or fried your donuts at the, the, at the boot shop. Uh, we're going to talk about somebody that really, really got under my skin. So, I'll let you take it away. I'm just going to say, I've been loving the last few weeks. We've been choosing people that fry our donuts. But anyways, that's a different subject. So, today, our first person we're going to be talking about. Um, well, Chris and I, we used to work at the back at the uh, the boot corral there. And we would tag all the merchandise and put it all together. Um, there was different positions. One was called a stalker and one was called a receiver. Now, the receiver was responsible for getting on the computer, printing all the tags, blah, blah, blah. She was kind of like the little manager in the back, if you will. And so, um, we had one that was that was over us. And may I say, she was very, 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 very lazy. And I don't mean to understate that. Chris, 
elaborate just on how lazy she was. It wasn't the fact that she couldn't work hard. She chose to drag out the amount of work that we had so that she could get overtime. And she would usually make Micah and I do most of the heavy lifting and do all of that stuff. And when I say heavy lifting, I don't mean just literally. I mean like uh, metaphorically as well. She would just go into the office and chit chat with all the other people while we did all the hard work. Granted, this was during the prime time season of when they got all the freight, which was around Christmas time. And so Mike and I would have to come in on Saturdays. Normally worked Monday through Friday until uh, we until we got our work done. Now, if our work carried over into the weekend, we would have to come over on Saturday. And let me tell you this. We were open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. And we worked 12-hour days. So imagine working... 60 hours in one week and then having to come in on Saturday because your boss was lazy. Now, it got to the point where she was so lazy that I asked to be trained on what she did so I could get the work done faster. And Mike and I, there were several Saturdays that she was supposed to come in and help us and she didn't. And we actually messed it, missed a few Texas Tech football games because of that, didn't we, Micah? Yes, we did. We had season tickets that year. I remember we missed Iowa State and Kansas State. I was very, very, very annoyed. It was just one of those things of, um, I mean, 12-hour days. And, I mean, poor Chris. At the time, I was actually still at high school and doing football. But then I would come in afterwards and work till 9 p.m. And then, so, to do the weekday, I mean, that's still a six-day week. That was not fun at all. Um, but I remember a time. Do you, do you remember this time? So... This, this certain receiver was standing in the manager's office chit-chatting like she normally would. And we got so mad, we said, you know what? We're going to stop what we're doing, and we're just going to walk in there and all talk and see how long it takes her to notice that we're not working. How long did it take her, Chris? Probably like 20 seconds? Yeah, and she was like, what are y'all doing? Why aren't you working? And we were like, oh, we thought it was time for a break. We thought it was time. Now, this was not the only time that, we, that I did this. Uh, and I actually blew up a, on this person, on my boss, uh, because it just kept getting the nails and the straws just kept piling up. And she went into the office and was talking to the people. And I had already had a rough day. And I went in there and I was just kind of doing the same thing as we had done before. And she was like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, it's time to take a break, I guess, because you're taking a break. And I guess we should take breaks, too. And she's like, no, you need to get back to work. And I lost it. And I said, you know what? I'm tired of you not doing anything. I'm tired of you just being lazy. We have to stay all the time because of you and your laziness. And you're just a bad boss. And I just went off and I threw the book. And I'm normally not a person that blows up. But when I blow up, it's like a volcano, and it was pretty bad. And Micah came in, and he was like, oh, man, like I heard about the wrath of Chris. Everyone in the back was talking about it. Yeah, everybody was like, dang, okay, all right. Like, he, he got real mad. But, uh, yeah, my, my boy Chris, he don't get mad too much. But, I mean, when, when the pot boils over, it boils over, man. Um, but, yeah, that that's uh, a lot about her. And uh, if you remember a few episodes back, we talked about, uh, what do we call him, D'Angelo? Yeah. If you remember the D'Angelo character, he really had a thing for this receiver. Like, he really loved her when he was working at the back. So that was always fun to watch him flirt and watch her squirm about it. Anyways, so to our next person. And we've held off doing this person for a while, but it was actually the big boss. The big manager of the boot corral. I'll let Chris start off this one.
Yeah, we'll name his, we'll call him Jeremy Lin, okay? So Jeremy Lin was class A book definition, narcissist, uh, very controlling, very manipulative, uh, and he seemed like he was a nice guy, but if you didn't do what he wanted you to do, he would totally turn on you. He would flip a switch on you. He'd pretend to be all this nice guy to your face, but as soon as you did something that he didn't like, uh, he would flip the switch on you, and he uh, basically thought that everybody and their mom should be working at Boot Corral, and that should be their life, and that's how he treated us, and it was like, Boot Corral is the only thing, and I actually got promoted uh, and moved up the ranks, and uh, whenever I tried to leave or quit, he basically told me that I was an idiot, and that Jesus would come down and slap me in the face if he knew that I was quitting, and yeah, he was just—he was just a very terrible, manipulative guy. Yeah, he was—he was really bad. I actually had two stints at this at this place. Um, my first stint was with Chris. The second one was without. And the first time, like I worked my way up from being in the back over to the sales floor, which was a pretty big deal for for my age and whatnot, and was selling a lot and whatnot. Uh, and he was pretty okay. Until I wanted to pursue flying like I wanted to so I started going to flight school and he really like did not like that at all um, And so eventually I said you know what I don't want to go through another Christmas holiday season because Chris will tell you It's really really rough. He gets really I don't know kind of bonkers um, Like he won't let you take sick days. I mean even if you have doctor's notes like you, you throw up in the back and you keep working like there's no there's no taking days off um, and it's and you know he would pressure you like you need to stay 12 hours you know because we need our best salesman the whole time it's like but it's optional but it's not but it is but it's not and um, so that was a lot of the first but the second was a lot different when I came back the second time there was really nobody that was on the sales floor that was actually doing anything everybody was really lazy so when I got rehired I was just raking in the cash for a long time and he ended up getting upset because, uh, like Chris, I had the opportunity to move up to assistant manager, except I declined. And the reason being, um, I had already gotten a few pay bumps, and I would have been getting paid the exact same as assistant manager with more duties. So I said, nah, I'm just going to take the money. Well, he got really, really upset with that and made life just absolutely terrible, as narcissistic people do. Um, and I started dating my wonderful woman while we were there and I'm being cautious because if I say anything too light about it she's gonna get mad so yeah she's she's great anyways so met her there uh, funny enough story she actually got into this big fight with this dude and that's where I was like man I, I really like her um, anyways another story for another day um, so she started working there and he really did not like the fact that I was dating somebody there and so he got really really upset she ended up actually only being there for the summer she left but he just would not let this go and he said some like pretty nasty comments about her at one point i mean just he would get into your personal life you know he would get into your personal life all the time like basically you would have to eat sleep and breathe uh boot corral and you know that's when he would be happy and um for me the final occasion that i had with him was um I was just really not happy and we were about to go into another holiday season and um, I was looking elsewhere wasn't finding anything immediately and he basically told me it was like 
if you're going to be in, be in. If you're if you're not going to be in, you know, get out. But it was weird. It was you know I was the number one salesman doing everything I thought I was supposed to do, and it was it was really odd. So I just had enough. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to leave. So I left. And he like made a spectacle of me. He made me stand up in front, sign my papers in front of all the employees, like all these people I've known for a long time. I mean, years at that point. And just basically like anybody else want to sign the papers with them. And, you know, he made this whole thing. Well, I still try to take the high road. Still tried to leave, try to shake his hand and say, you know, I appreciate everything you've done for me. He like slammed that door in my face and locked it in my face. Just like. And that should tell you everything you need to know about the guy. Yeah, Boot Corral was a very toxic environment to work in. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, the times that I got to work with Micah. And I enjoyed some of that part of my life. But other than that, I would rather not remember it. So that's, yeah, Boot Corral Part 4. Um, I don't know if we're, we might do another part. But, uh, yeah, that's a lot about the Boot Corral. So, anyways, we're going to move into our next segment. Now, normally we would do the Jelly Donut segment during this time but we're going to do a brand new segment it's called the chocolate donut and it's called tie your shoes because you're tripping trademark pending anyways these are going to be stories about boyfriends or girlfriends or partners that just either did something crazy or they just messed up in a in a awful way so are you ready for the chocolate donut tie your shoes because you're tripping yeah i'm ready all right so this first one we'll do it pretty pretty basic um this guy said that him and his girlfriend broke up, and when, while she broke up, she grabbed a knife, and she tried to cut off a third of the mattress that he owned, because according to her, she had paid for a third of it when we purchased it, so she was going to get her third part of the mattress. All I got to say is, tie your shoes, because you tripping. You know, that sounds like that Medea movie. Whoa. You know which one I was talking about? Diary of a Mad Black Woman? Yeah, when sh they saw everything in half. Anyways, continue. Yep, so that's pretty much what happened. That's pretty simple. I mean, granted, she was like, yeah, I paid a third of it, so I'm going to get my third. That's a little crazy. All right, this next one. Um, the title is Performing an Exorcism on Your Ex-Wife to Win Her Back. Now, a man named Jose and his son, Victor, must have been thinking, you know what, marriage counseling didn't work, so it must be the work of the devil. We need to pray the demons out of this ex-wife. So they kidnapped Jose's ex-wife from a parking lot of Walmart and performed an exorcism on her in hopes of saving the marriage. The father and son duo went all out for the exorcism, even picking up two priests in the kidnapping car and dousing the victim in sacred oil to purify her. Thankfully, she wasn't harmed. But needless to say, the marriage was not saved. So what do you got to say about that? Tie your shoes because you tripping. I mean, come on. Kidnapping somebody to be trying to do an exorcism on them to save a relationship. That's some nuts stuff right there. That's absolutely ridiculous and absolutely bonkers. When I actually looked into the full police report, it said that the priests were not charged because they... I guess had no culpability or they didn't really know what was going on. They just showed up, performed the exorcism and I'm surprised they even did that in this day and age. But it yeah, that's crazy. They kidnapped her and was like, you know what? We're gonna pray the demon out of you and that's gonna save the marriage. But didn't work. Didn't work. Alright, next one. Here we go. Cutting your skydiving teammates' parachute ropes to get rid of the competition. This crime truly takes the phrase falling in love to the next level. In 2010, a love triangle between members of a Belgian skydiving club turned deadly when one of the two women sleeping with a man named Marcel 
cut the other woman's parachute ropes right before a routine dive. The victim, Els Van Doren, leapt from a Cessna airplane 13,000 feet above ground to her death because of the damage to her parachute. Her twisted perpetrator, who had a history of mental illness, illness was sentenced to 30 years in prison. Tie your shoes because you tripping, man. She was like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this. Yeah, I'm going to cut her parachute. That's on some crazy next level stuff right there, bro. Cut the parachute. That's That's terrible. <laughs> that's crazy you know what they say hell hath no fury like a woman scorned and i don't know if she knew about the other woman but yeah she she cut them parachute ropes bro that that's a little much all right are you ready for the next one yeah and i'm just reading for the from the articles okay so don't don't judge me on the verbiage or whatever here's the title shooting the neighbor's house up over a denied kiss don't deny grandma a kiss or she might shoot up your crib in march when miss helen a 92 year old woman she developed a crush on her 53-year-old neighbor, Mr. Dwight. She did ex what we'd expect any well-meaning grandmother to do. She cooked for him. In return for doing her best Betty Crocker impression, she was given a little peck on the lips. But when Miss Helen found out that Mr. Dwight had a girlfriend, she lost it. She went to his house to confront him and refused to leave until he gave her a kiss. When he said, no way, no thanks, she went back to her house and did what any slightly insane grandmother would do. She grabbed her 350 semi-automatic pistol and started firing at his house. When taken into custody, Miss Helen explained that Dwight, Mr. Dwight was telling her lies and not paying his way when they dined out. <laughs> Tie your shoes because you tripping. <laughs> you said 357. Granny had a 357 coming out there going, you going to pay your way, sucker. You going to kiss me too. <laughs> Yeah, she was absolutely upset that uh, she put in all that work for him, and he didn't give her even a, a slightest peck. I mean, he gave her a little peck on the lips, but, I mean, that's really weird. Really, really weird. Yeah, tie your shoes because you're tripping. All right, this one is a little bit more um, gruesome. It's actually kind of very dark. Um, so, Mr. Wayne had an overreaction uh, when he found out his wife changed her Facebook status, okay? Uh, so him and his wife separated, and she changed her Facebook marital status back to single. He got hopped up on cocaine and booze and drove to his wife ha wife's house and murdered her with a meat cleaver. Uh, so his what's most disturbing, though, is his lame line of defense. He claims her interest in meeting other men and her Facebook status were the factors that motivated him to do the dirty deed. Man, tie your shoes, because you you tripping hard, homie. You listening to some dark voices. Like, that's bad. Whoa, 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 whoa. So this man, so she changes her, her, her Facebook status. It's like single, okay, because they separated. All right. And he says, I'm going to go over there and whack this girl with the meat cleaver. That's, that's the reaction we got. So essentially, and the motive in which he described is, well, I can't have her, so nobody else can either. That, that pretty much what I gathered from that. That's pretty much it, man. Love makes you do some crazy things, but I don't think I would I would take that far. But tie your shoes because you're tripping. All right, last one, last one. And this is a little bit, it's sad, but it's a little bit more lighthearted. Okay, my, my wife wanted to plan our 13th wedding anniversary. I was excited because usually I plan it. She bought us some new disc golf discs, and after a quick supper, we went to play. We hadn't played in forever. We were laughing and having such a great time. Then she served me with divorce papers and told me that 
that the date was a test to see if she still had feelings for me. So dang, bro, that's really messed up. Like she went on this date and they were having fun. Oh, ha ha ha! It's our anniversary, and then boom, divorce papers. Tie your shoes, cause you tripping. I mean, my thing is, <laughs> on an, on your anniversary, on your anniversary, that's not the time to be testing out the relationship. You know, maybe like a date on a weekday that don't matter, but like your anniversary, it's like. She's like, if I don't feel nothing today, I mean, it's all or nothing today. Yeah. Like, dang. I mean, like I said, tie your shoes because you tripping. Uh, that's very unfortunate. I'm very sorry that that happened to this man. Um, that didn't help happen with me, like in the way of a divorce or something, but that kind of happened to me uh, in like a smaller scale. So I totally get it. Totally get it 100%. But yeah, that was the last one, man. But yeah, tie your shoes because you tripping. That's absolutely awful, and yeah, man, some crazy stories, huh? Which one out of all six, which one was, like, the most shocking or the most interesting to you? The one where he gets hopped up on cocaine and goes and whacks her with the meat cleaver. I mean, <laughs> that escalated quickly. I think uh, <laughs> mine was either the exorcism or the cutting the parachute. Like, that's pretty sinister, you know what I mean? Yeah, cutting the, I mean, mental illness is one thing, but cutting a parachute, I mean, that's... That's just downright nuts. I was gonna, I was gonna say something, but I, I'll just pass on it because I don't want people coming for me, and I don't want people telling me to tie my shoes because I'm tripping. But anyways, that was our chocolate donut. Remember, tie your shoes so you don't trip. I'm, I think that's gonna be a title of a book if I ever write a book. I, that's a great title. I, I approve of that. It's gonna be called "Tie Your Shoes Because You Tripping: A Dating Guide to the Male Mind." <laughs> it's gonna help women understand. <laughs> what's going on in a man's a man's mind uh anyways maybe maybe I, one day i'll help you write it I, I i could help with that i could help with that we're gonna come out with our own book line trash can publishing it's gonna be great but anyways our next segment is the donut hole and i know we've been playing games for the past few weeks but we're gonna change it up and we're gonna go back to chris's movie pick of the week and it's gonna actually be chris's movie picks um there's only one that I'm going to recommend, but I'm going to talk about two just because the other one is so popular. By the way, go watch Stranger Things if you haven't watched it. Don't want to spoil it for you, but I'm pretty sure 99% of the country that has watched it has already finished it. Great, but that's not what I'm diving into. The first one I'll dive into, I won't necessarily recommend it as a movie pick of the week, but it was... It's a popular one, but it's the new Thor movie, Thor Love and Thunder. Um, I know Micah doesn't really follow the MCU that much, but this is the fourth installment of the Thor movies, and I'll give you a preview of it. Um, Thor is basically trying to, I guess, get back to his old self. Like He's worked out. He lost the, the gut, so no more fat Thor. Um, and he is showing up. And there's this guy that is played by Christian Bale, and he's called The Butcher. And he is basically going around and trying to kill all the different gods with uh, this sword. And Thor jumps in and he intervenes, while at the same time realizing, guess what? Guess who's become the new girl Thor? His old girlfriend Jane, which is played by Natalie Portman. And so she shows up. And turns out she actually needs the hammer to uh, to stay alive because uh, she's battling a sickness. And so they're trying to stop this uh, butcher who's trying to kill all the gods, uh, which is 
played by Christian Bale, and he does a phenomenal job. I think he's like an actual uh, really good good actor in this. So uh, Russell Crowe's in it, but he's goofy. His performance was awful. Probably one of his like other than the Noah movie worst performance. He was awful. Um, but Christian Bale was really good. Um, and Christian Bale kidnaps all the kids on Thor's, I guess, planet or country. And Thor has to go save them before he reaches, quote-unquote, eternity. And then he, uh, Christian Bale, the butcher, can make this wish to get rid of all the gods uh, and just wipe them all out in one stroke. But Christian Bale was decent in it. This was not the best Thor movie. It was okay. It was a little bit more uh, political agenda and preachy than other MCU movies, but it was just okay. So if you're going to go see it, I would recommend you wait for it to come out on Disney Plus or wait for it to come out on Redbox. Now, the one that I am going to recommend, and we'll talk about this, it's called The Bad Guys. Have you heard of it? It's an animated movie. No, I haven't. So the premise of this is it's a group of animals, and they're a bunch of criminals. So it's the big bad wolf, uh, there's a snake, there's a shark, there's a spider, oh, I have heard of it. and there's a piranha. Yeah, I saw the commercial. Yes. Yeah. So okay. basically, they are in the criminal underworld because everyone is scared of them because they're viewed as the bad guys in all the different stories, and they're like, you know what? We might as well just be bad. Everybody thinks we're bad anyways. And they are trying to pull off this big heist and steal this, like, uh, golden award that is given every year and it's nobody has stolen it right well they get caught trying to steal it and their um i guess ultimatum is they either go to jail or prove that they can be good and so they're pretending to try to be good and actually seeing if they can be good and they wind up end up like doing good and doing the right things um and it's really good because it teaches you not to judge a book by its cover and the main guy, the big bad wolf, he's the leader of them. He's wrestling with, you know what, this is the only life I've ever known, but I also want to do good things, and I want to be a good person, but everyone's kind of scared of me, and the rest of the team is kind of like wrestling with that, and so they're trying to be good, and they're trying to get their way out, and then they're kind of trying to do like a a big con to make people think that they're good, but they wind up actually being good and saving the day and saving the town. I thought it was really good. It was a really good kids movie. It was interesting because it was like a kids movie, like maybe the feel of it was a kids movie, like from the early 2000s, early 90s, basic storyline, no political agenda, just telling a good story, a good original story. So I think it's pretty good. You definitely should check it out. Okay. Sounds good. I'll, I'll take my lady. We'll see it. I think it's on Redbox right now, and it's also on Peacock, but you have to pay for it if you want to watch it on Peacock. But it's on Redbox, so you definitely should watch it. It's a good family movie. Like, it was pretty much the cleanest family movie that I've seen in a long time. Oh, that's good. That's good. Don't have that too much yep. anymore. Yep, so, uh, yeah, I recommend that. I really wouldn't recommend going to see Thor Love and Thunder. It was okay. But uh, definitely go see the bad guys. So that's my movie pick of the week. Now, our next segment is What Fries My Donuts. And, Micah, what fries your donuts? Ah, what fries my donuts, Chris? We live in a society of adult children. Do you know what I'm talking about, Chris? Are you talking about adults who just still act like children? They haven't learned the lessons from childhood, and therefore they can't function as an adult. But unfortunately, we're stuck with them as a society. Here's what I'm talking about. So, have you have you known people? And I'm just 
I, I think I'm frustrated because I have a lot of these people that um, I'm uncontrollably surrounded by in life right now. And um, that's why I, uh, I love Chris so much, because he helps balance me out from these people. <laughs> Anyways, so have you ever come in contact with people that, you know, they act like children in big things? And what I mean by that is, you know, you're having, trying to have an open and civil conversation with them about something very serious. Maybe it's something that's coming down the road in life. Maybe you're asking for advice. Maybe you're looking for um, a little bit of compassion. Maybe you're looking for, you know, whatever, right? Um, and you can look for that between friends, family, sometimes coworkers, just depending on the circumstance. And these people, they act like, they act like kids, you know. Have you ever had those people... That are just like, ah, boo-hoo. Yeah, that sucks for you. You know, that that's really terrible for you. Or, you know, you're talking about it and it's just like, that's that's nothing. Your life coming down the road, you know, your promotion and stuff, that's nothing. Let's talk about my stuff. Let's talk about my stuff and let's not worry about any of that. Um, I mean, and then there's small things. Like, today, I'm in traffic, right? How incredibly childish is this? Because we have these three lanes wide open of traffic. And I'm in the middle lane. And there's this guy insistent on he wants to be in that left lane going faster than me. But he would slow down to where I would go alongside of him. Then he would like speed up. And it's almost like he's, you know, have you ever had it before where it's like they're looking at you and go, no, 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 you can't go faster than me. You can't go faster than me. No, 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 you can't go faster than me. Or you're trying to get into that other lane, and they're like, no, 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 I'm not going to let you in, because you're not going to... It's like a weird pride principle thing going on. And we have that a lot going on in society. But, I mean, it's it's literally... I mean, and here's another thing that happens with this whole thing. My personal favorite is sending a messenger to try to sort your problems out for you, or try to influence a situation. You put a, a middleman, a third party in there, and... You know, they'll come into your life and they'll say, hey, I heard about you and so-and-so situation. And automatically, I'm sitting here going, whoa, 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 why did they say anything to you? Like, what, what did you have to do with any of this? Why do, why do we need to have a, a third party, a middleman? And what it comes down to is they can't have those open conversations. They never learn how to do that. They never learn how to have those adult, meaningful conversations and the very basic principle of you just walking up to somebody, I mean, how hard is it? They go through all this work, a lot of these people, they go through so much work to try to avoid these things, and they could have, we could have just had a conversation about it. A lot of things could be solved with a very simple conversation. Sometimes those conversations are hard, but I feel like we shy away from those things as a society, and we try to go all the way around it, and a lot of it's just with childish means, to be honest. And I know I said a lot there, but... A lot of that stuff just ticks me off. It's like, why can't we just be straightforward with each other? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, and I hate when people are like, oh my gosh, adulting is so hard. Oh, why do I have to do this? And I'm like, bro, because you're an adult. Grow up, put on your boots, strap them up, and let's do it. But no, I 100% get what you're saying. And I think it's because this generation and society has just coddled everybody everybody is so coddled and everybody is so sensitive and oh we can't say this because it's gonna hurt somebody's feelings or oh we can't do this and everyone just expects the the world to be fair and they expect life to be easy and it's not and people just don't really want to you know 
put on their bootstraps and have those difficult conversations. It's a maturity issue. And I feel like that's part of being mature is having those difficult conversations with people or articulating and communicating clearly. Or if you have a beef with somebody, not just totally being so sensitive that you get your feelings hurt all the time. Like I think this, you know, our world now, everybody's just so coddled and it's all about, you know, if you don't, that's kind of like what we talked about last week. Oh, if you just, if you say the something that hurts my feelings, whether it's the truth People are like, oh, well, you hurt my feelings, so uh, I can't talk to you kind of a thing. It's really weird. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. And we look at, and it's it's really us as the United States, because you look a lot of other places, how they conduct themselves in Europe, they're a lot different. You know, they're very straight up. They're very open and honest. They say what they mean. Um, even some parts of our country, I mean, Northeast, shout out to our Northeast listeners. Some, some of y'all in the Northeast are real straight up with what y'all say. There is no, you know, reading between the lines. There is no, uh, they, they will come up and full on have that conversation with you. And they don't, they don't mind having that conversation. They're like, you see a Northeasterner or New Yorker, they'd be like, they're like, Hey, move your big head. You're so square. I can't even see anything. SpongeBob SquarePants, move your head. I can't see. And they'll just be super straight. They don't. It's not like they're trying to be rude. They're just being blunt. Yeah, I mean, it's. Um, I, I know it's it's big. What we're talking about is is really big in the South. But you know, it just it just aggravates me because a lot of it is it's it's like dealing with it is really like dealing with kids. It's like being around kids all the time. And you know, you don't want to hurt this kid's feelings because you don't want to make him cry. And you don't want to make him. You know, it, it's 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 a whole big thing. But. Um, yeah, that's what really fries my donuts, man, is we have a lot of people in our society that are just content with where they're, where they're at and content with getting offended left and right and content with not, uh, you know, with, you know, being self-absorbed and complacent. Yeah. I'll add one last thing. You know what we need? You know what really what our society needs? We need more Judge Judy's because if you watch Judge Judy, (laughs) she is straight, blunt, to the point, and I'll keep this brief, but there was a case where this woman was trying to sue another guy, and he had this football league, and she was acting a fool and stuff, and he kicked her out of the league, and then he kicked her kids out of the league, and she was like, well, that's not fair, that's discrimination, and Judge Judy was like, yeah, that might be unfair, and that might felt like it was wrong, but guess what? You can't just come in here and sue for quote-unquote emotional stress. You have no legal ca- case. He was like, if I did that, he was like, every parent in America would be in here because their kid didn't quote-unquote make the football team. So it, she was like, you know, there's no legal action. Yeah, was it wrong? Yeah. But sh- Judge Judy will tell you how it is. She was, like, she was like, you don't get anything for this emotional stress kind of a thing. And I feel like that's where we are as a society. We feel like we're owed something anytime somebody hits, hurts our feelings. But yeah, we need more Judge Judy's that will be straight up and tell it like it is. Yeah, heck yeah. One, one more thing on it. Uh, I mean, I just had to finish an ethics course. And uh, when it, especially particular to IT ethics. But the thing about it, what it literally talked about a lot is there's a lot of things in life that are unethical, a.k.a. they're not really morally right. But they're legal, and they're totally, you know, by the law standards, they're totally fine. There's a lot of those in that in that gray area. So, uh, anyways, um, that's all I have to say on it. A lot of gray area there. Yep, for sure. I get it. It's what fries my donuts, too. 
So, uh, it's like what they say in Tombstone. It's like playing cards with my brother's kids or something. Uh, anyway. Yep. <laughs> anyways, we're going to move into our mystery donut, which is our improv segment. And, Michael, what do we have for the improv? Well, we haven't done our free improv in a while, so I figure we do that. We've been doing a lot of games lately, so we'll just uh, we'll pick a scenario and uh, an accent to go with. All right, so let's okay. pick out an accent first. Oh, it's a fan favorite. It's our preacher voice. All right, I'm ready. And, uh, well, we got to pick the location, too. All right, at the laundromat. Oh, two preachers at the laundromat. I guess they're not getting paid that well if they have to go to the laundromat. <laughs> Their parsonage don't have washer and dryer. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Uh, you go ahead and start. All right. Now we come here today, Lord, to ask you to help us with our laundry, just like you said that you were going to separate the sheep from the goats, Lord. We ask that you help us separate our whites and our colors so that we don't get our whites all messed up with those red socks. Pastor Christopher, can you spare a donation? Because I need to do my drying, and I didn't bring enough coins in my bag today. And I just pray that you rain down manna from heaven. Because I prayed for manna. And I need them coins to come on my way. So if you spare a donation, I'll, I promise Jesus will return it sevenfold. Well, let me just tell you something. In order to get a seed, you must give a seed. So if you sow a thousand dollars into my ministry, then the Lord is going to reap what you sow, and he'll give you plenty of tokens for the dryer, because just like uh, the water and the wine and the loaves and the two fish, uh, when you give God what you have, uh, you might be in a no-wine situation, but he always uh, saves the best for last, uh, but make sure you can write the check out to Brother LaFever Ministries. I take cash and card. Now let me tell you something, Pastor. Don't let me go into the, the people with the talents. Uh, you know they had talents and one buried it in the ground. And one multiplied it. I'm just asking that you would let me multiply my talents uh, for a check to my ministry. All I need is $1,500 to do this dry-in today. We'll get the dry-in done today. And for $2,000, oh, I hear the Lord saying somebody go to give me $2,000 at the end of this telecast. We gonna need that $2,000. And the Lord is gonna do something special. I'm gonna get to clean my drawers today. And it's been two weeks since I cleaned the drawers. And the Lord is gonna provide and he's gonna let me. Because I ain't got no drawers left. Because when the tithes and offering are not coming in, there ain't no money to do the drawers. And sometimes you gotta leave them out. But the Lord said this week, this week he gonna do his drawers. Let me tell you something, Brother Micah. Just like in the book of Zechariah, when he saw the vision of Joshua, and he had a dirty turban, and the Lord took off his dirty turban, and he gave him a clean turban, and he used the charcoal to purify his lips. The Lord is gonna take off your dirty drawers, and he's gonna give you some clean drawers, but you have to have the faith of a mustard seed. The Bible says that if you believe it, and you speak it, 
those drawers will be cleaning. Jesus, Brother Christopher, we only have one minute left on the dry cycle. I say we say the hundred prayer. I'm gonna say the first part, you say the second. And we come before you, Lord, as you clean our clothes. And you bring us to the cleansing place that is the laundromat. And you clean our drawers, even when we don't even deserve it. And we praise you for doing that to our drawers and to our clothes. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to the soaking sun's laundromat today. Lord, we thank you that you always provide for our needs. And Lord, we ask you for 20 members to give a thousand dollars a piece. Because Lord, you said if we believe it, it'll happen, Lord. We ask that you move on their hearts, Lord. That you shake it, push down, shake it together just like the dryer cycle. We ask you, Jesus, that you will give us the money to not only clean our drugs. Lord, but that you clean our suits, Lord, and that you give us those brand new Ferraris and private jets like you intended for us. And all the saints of God said, Amen. Amen. Alright, we thank you for listening to that good old uh, improv segment. I think that was very good. Uh, two pastors at the laundromat. Uh, if you've ever watched any TVU preachers, that's pretty accurate, don't you think? Oh, I think so. I think we watched too many of them to be able to imitate them that well. Yep, exactly. So our last and final segment is the eclair, which is the positive advice. And I'll let you go first this week because I don't remember who went first last week. All right. So my eclair this week is remember your happiness. What I mean by that. It's easy to get bogged down in life. It's easy to pass your happiness on and say, you know what, maybe some other time because I got things I got to do. No, no, no. Remember yourself and remember to make yourself happy. And just word to the wise, money doesn't just do that. It's doing what you want to do in life. And so if you're not there, be striving to get there. But at the same time, just remember to take time to be happy in the moment because so many times um, there's a lot of people in life that'll be years down the road and say, man, those are the good old days, and I didn't even know it. So just remember, um, enjoy the process, and remember your happiness. And if things aren't making you happy, try to avoid them. Yep, that's good word, good word, good word. My eclair positive advice is own your mistakes. And in life, we all make mistakes, and we can either try to hide them or we can own them. Now, once you own them, move on from them, that's great. But, you know, if you drop the ball on something, be humble enough to say, you know what, I'm my bad, I messed up, I dropped the ball on that. There have been times in my life where I have owned my mistakes, and then there have been other times where I've made a mistake, and then I tried to cover it up. And I've learned that when you just straight out are honest and say, you know what, I goofed up, it's a lot easier, and it actually turns out a lot better for you. And it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be, versus whenever you do try to uh, cover it up or try to hide it, it makes things a lot worse. And then when the truth does come out, it's a lot worse for you. So owning your mistakes, you know, be uh, humble enough to say, you know what, I dropped the ball. And there have been times, you know, even in this new job where I've dropped the ball and I had to say, you know what, guys, I'm sorry, I dropped the ball. I'll try to do better next time. But as long as you're trying to do better and you own your mistakes, that's all that matters. So that's my positive advice. And word for the word to the wise, if you're honest and straight up and you say, you know what, I made a mistake and people are still hard on you, reason, I mean, 
to be honest, that's a toxic place to be anyways. So just, just saying that. Um, but we really enjoyed this podcast this week. I know I did, Chris. And uh, we appreciate all of our listeners out there. Um, so still working on that website. I got a few pages done. So we're we're getting closer. But TVTrashCan.com, TVTrashCan.com. It's coming back soon. Like, follow, subscribe, do all that fun jazz. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that fun stuff. What else you got to say, Chris? Also, be looking for the video coming up in a couple weeks when we watch Micah eat the pig's feet. Uh, if you have not listened to that episode, Micah lost, a, I think it was a president trivia game, and he had to eat pig's feet. That was his punishment. So we're going to see each other in a couple weeks, and we're going to get that film. So make sure you guys tune in for that. But we have enjoyed having you guys and thank you so much for listening to us like micah said go like share subscribe tell your friends and tell your peeps uh but anyways i'm gonna sign off so i'll let you sign off first micah let's take this donut box to the trash i'm micah and i'm chris and this is the donut box podcast see y'all next time